Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. All right, Ian. Well, we should have known uh, on draft night uh, when uh, Garrett Bowles was announced as the Denver Broncos pick. Uh, oh, those many years ago. Feels like 84 years ago, just to sort of bring that back. Um, but it wasn't. It, and he walked out holding his son high. We should have known he was going to be an offensive lineman that held because he clearly was indicating it on the day that he was drafted. He laid it out there plopped it out there and expected it to perform as it did. Yes. And he held it the entire time. (laughs) I mean, I Broncos country is, has held out hope and he's holding it against us. Yeah. We've, you know, I feel like sometimes when we talk about Garrett Bowles, we're grasping at straws a little bit uh, just because it's the same conversation. uh, And it's just sort of, it's it's wrapped in the same obnoxious finality of Garrett Bowles just can't let things go. He just he holds on to stuff way too long. Yeah, he he's 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 incapable of of just releasing. 
uh, all of the things that he needs to let go of. And he just he just grabs on and he just he hangs on for dear life sometimes. It really does make me wonder if he should be in dancing class with how much he loves to hold people. And I'm starting to wonder if his wife is getting jealous because he just he grabs a hold of everyone and wants and just doesn't let go. And I thought it was interesting, and it's about time that he he told the media in the locker room after the game that his teammates came up and gave him hugs, and and it's about time someone else does the holding for the Broncos. <laughs> it's, it's rough. It really is rough. I'm gonna I'm gonna use the line now. Luke Patterson tweeted at me. Uh, He's and, on the he has the Broncos on the Rocks podcast. Yes, Broncos that, on the Rocks podcast. That's on Thursdays. Yeah, which is good, by the way. You should uh, check it out. Um, and he said. Uh, you know, Garrett Bowles, he holds the offense hostage. And it's is there is there a better statement to describe? Let me just let me give you sort of I'll give you an idea if I can get you to visualize as I was sitting watching the game today. You know how the screen looks. You've got a TV screen. They're rectangles. Right. And in the bottom right hand corner is usually where the indicator pops up that a flag has been thrown. After every single play on Broncos on the Broncos offensive plays, my eyes would go from watching the, the play to looking to see if that little flag indicator popped up if I didn't see one getting thrown out in the field. Did it, did it pop every play, and especially big plays? Like, that's just like, well, let's see what the flag is. Oh, there isn't a flag? I was more shocked when it wasn't a flag than when it was a flag. And, and quite honestly, my eyes are a little sore from having to move back and forth so much. I was holding my breath every time a Broncos <sighs> play got, got thrown out there. That was that was good. I, I I know that we were trying to be subtle there, but uh, that was good. I, I was uh, I was hoping that we would be able to hold on to those jokes for a little bit longer. So I'm, I'm glad we were able to get a couple more more of those in there, four of them almost. Which is the same amount of holding penalties that Garrett Bowles had on Sunday. You know, all right. So let's let's actually get into the game. Let's we can't hold on to this forever. We do have to eventually let go uh, and 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 get into the actual game. And so we'll let go for now. But what what's your what's your big takeaway from this game? Because I think that that's kind of we you sit you're two games in, right? You're two games in. What's what's the big takeaway at this point for you from from this game? To me, it's just the inability to finish. I think it's the inability to finish on defense. I think it's the inability to finish on offense. I think it's the inability of the coaching staff to finish because I had the gift fired up and ready to go after the incredible Joe Flacco throw and catch to Emmanuel Sanders. And and the catch was just as elite as the throw. And then the two point conversion, even the call by Vic Fangio was elite. And as I told you, I had the gift fired up of, Stan's dad from South Park walking down the street with a wheelbarrow with his huge marbles Marbles. in it. And, of course, as Jim McKay so eloquently said from the wide world of sports on ABC, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat and Broncos country and the Broncos got that in the span of about five minutes. And as I said in my winners and losers, the last deflating loss of this magnitude that I can remember Joe Flacco was the quarterback on the other side delivering the gut punch. Ooh, yeah. That's a that's a pretty that's a pretty solid statement there. You know, the one thing that popped into my head, and I was I I kind of do this thing when we're when I'm watching the game where 
I have two articles going at the same time, just sort of taking notes on both sides, a positive and a negative, right? A win and a loss. And, and it's mostly notes, right? I'm sort of taking notes and trying to figure out, you know, okay, if, well, things go this way and then this is what I want to talk about, right? You know, you kind of prepare yourself. You can and, say that you're holding on to two stances. Yes, I, I'm, I'm. Well, what I do is I, I, I get down into a stance and I hold on to two options, right? I'm, I've got them. I hold them both in my hands. And then at the end of the game, I let go of one, but not the other. Right. You hold on to one of them because that's the one you're going to go with. And and the one thing I wrote down that I ended up really having that is really sticking with me is death by inches. And that's the one thing I wrote down. It's death by inches. And and quite honestly, the, the one big thing to me is that it's not death by inches because those inches have turned into feet, which have turned into yards. And, and, and have converted can have can have now morphed into miles. Right, and it's it's just gone forever and ever, which then turns into drives killed by penalties and bad play calling, and that's really that's really what I think this game is about. I, I know that we can we can boil it down to to Garrett Bowles, and we can hang on to that uh, that idea that it's Garrett Bowles' fault that the Broncos lost, and I think that he gets a lot of the blame, but. There are so many other factors that play into this that you have to think about. I mean, the, the the defense really didn't play that poorly until it really mattered. You know what I'm saying? Like that, they they played okay. They I mean, let's face it, the Bears only scored 16 points. If you told me they were only going to give up 16 points to the Bears, I'd have, I'd have said okay, we'll probably win that game, right? As as a Bronco fan, that's where my head would have been at. They only gave up 16 points, but it's those last three points. And that goes to kind of what you were saying about not finishing. The Denver Broncos defense didn't finish that game. And the offense earlier in the game with the Joe Flacco interception didn't finish that drive, which would have helped to finish that game. And so you have this sort of feeling that Death by inches is is nice. It's a, it was a great phrase, right? Everybody latched onto it, and the Godfather, and this, that, and the other. But you know what? It, the team isn't living up to the to the sort of the billing of what Vic Fangio says that he wants from this team. And I, I am by no means blaming Vic Fangio, other than to say the 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 rhetoric is not matching the performance on the field. And so there are a lot of things that have to change. And yes, Garrett Bowles is holding calls. Are, are the inches that add up to the feet, that add up to the yards, that add up to the miles, that are play, that are drive-killing plays that have cost the Broncos points in both this game and in the first game against the Oakland Raiders. But there's so much more. There's so much more right there that has to be discussed. And and I just don't think that, you know, like I said, we can hold on to the Garrett Bull stuff for as long as we want, and we will because he deserves it. But there's other things as well. In terms of the defense, I think the thing that's becoming rather rather troublesome is not just the fact that over two games the Broncos have yet to even get a sack or a turnover, which with this defense is crazy, but it's the horrible run defense. This is the second game in a row where the Denver Broncos defensive line has been completely manhandled by the opposition. And on Sunday against the Bears, the Bears finished with 153 yards on 29 attempts. That's 5.3 yards per carry. You're going to lose 100 times out of 100 times when you give up 5.3 yards per carry. So the fact that the Broncos were even in a position to win this game 
because of the fact that the offense finally was able to score in the red zone and and give its team the chance to win is is a miracle to me because the Broncos defensive line has been absolutely manhandled the first two weeks of the season against the Raiders and the Bears. And then in regards to the death by inches, I think the one positive that we can put on this is while it's a great catchphrase and everyone bought on bought in bought into it, I think it's going to take time. And we said that after the Raiders game, that this is going to take time. You're not just going to come in and, and wave a magical wand and everything that's been plaguing this team for the last three years and two coaching staffs is going to to just Poof. not happen anymore. So I think it's going to take time. And I, and I, in my winners and losers, I had Vic Fangio as, as a both because you have to get credit for having the marbles to go for that two point conversion. But you're also the one who was the defensive coordinator for this and you're for the Broncos and your defense gave up the game winning field goal. So you also, while you get the credit for going for the two point conversion, you also get the blame for losing the game. But in terms of the death by inches, as I said, I think that's going to take time. And I and and Vic said it after the game. I think what you can take from this, and it, it, I'm looking at this as if I was a player in that locker room, this is the second game in a row that they've been in contention, that they've had a chance to to win the game. And it was better on Sunday than it was on Monday against the Raiders. But the Bears are a hell of a football team. That defense is a it is it's one of the good. best in football. Yeah, it's very good. So I, that. there there are some things that you can take away from this if you're Vic Fangio and say, this is what we need to fix, but there, here's also the things that we did well, and we can hold on to that. Yes, we we can. We can we can grasp that and, and hold it close and, and never let it go um, right up until the whistle blows. I, yeah, I, I think you make a good point. Um, it's, it's funny because – as fans, and you have to sort of be able to step back here. As, as a fan, I I want everything to happen now, right? We all want the this this change in culture that I think is possible with this coaching staff to happen immediately. We we talked about it ad nauseum over the off season and during the preseason, and how there's a there's a different attitude in the locker room, a different attitude on the field, uh, you know. That is the kind of thing that as fans, you grasp onto that and you go, see, things are changing. They're going to get better. And that doesn't mean that things aren't going to get better. But like you've said, it's going to take time. And so you have to be able to be a little bit patient. But as fans, we don't want to be patient. You know, Pat Bolin, who, um, you know, former owner who recently passed away, we talk about him all the time as that sort of like Super Bowl or bust idea being something that we love about the Denver Broncos. But the truth is, watching this game, one of the things that we have to start to admit to ourselves is that even though the franchise isn't saying it, no one in the franchise is coming out and going to mention this, this looks like a team that's rebuilding. It looks like a team that has to rebuild. And it has to rebuild because of some poor draft selections like Garrett Bowles. And you, you can't hold on to those kinds of bad draft picks. You have to be able to let them go. And they did that with like a Paxton Lynch, eventually saying, okay, we're going to move on from him. And the longer they hold on to Garrett Bowles, the, the worse it's going to get. But where do you go from here, I think, is one of the things that you you constantly hear, especially with Juwan James being injured 
and you know what are your what are really your options? You could make a trade for for Trent Williams, but is that really going to happen? Is that realistic? It's just a sort of it's hard to really figure out what the what the real steps are to moving forward. I think with the offensive line, it's just you go with what you have at this point because I, I don't think it's worth it to trade for a 31-year-old left tackle at this point. And Trent Williams is one of the best in football. But what you're going to have to give up, I don't think it's worth it because you're. what are you going to get out of that 31-year-old, especially as, as he's getting older? Are you going to be able to get a return on the investment that you're going to have to give to Washington to get him? And one thing that I think that the Broncos can do is take the investment that they would potentially send to Washington and send it to the Miami Dolphins for Minka Fitzpatrick. I think if you're able to do that, that's a game changer on defense because you're getting somebody who is so versatile, who is a smart player. He played for Nick Saban at Alabama. So you know he's a smart player. And that's someone that Vic Fangio will love to have on his defense. And then because it's going to make Isaac Yadam go away, who for the second week in a row was absolutely horrible. And as I said in the winners and losers, is there nobody else that Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel can go to? Where is Devontae Bosby? Yeah. I mean, I that's want Bryce question. Callahan. I want Bryce Callahan to, to get on the field, but I don't know if that's going to happen with his foot. I, I think they really need Todd Davis in the middle of that defense, given that Von Miller called them, called him their thug. So I think that's going to be something that's going to help the defense. But what will really help is make the trade with the Dolphins to get Minka Fitzpatrick, even if it means giving up a first round pick or two or a second round pick, whatever it is, get him because that's going to give you flexibility. And then if the season goes completely to hell later in the uh, later in the season before the trade trade deadline, and I know you're not going to like this, but you can ship Chris Harris Jr. at that point since you have a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick. So you're going to get something which probably means you're going to lose him. I, I still don't think Chris Harris Jr. is going to come back, especially if the season continues the way that it has. So get something for him in return instead of just losing him. And I don't I'm not saying that the Broncos season is going to go to hell. This is this I mean this is the first time that the Broncos have started 0 and 2 since 1999. But the Broncos also started fast under uh Gary sure. Kubiak with Trevor Simeon and then Vance Joseph the last 2 years they started quickly as and as we've said then yeah nose dived. Yeah. So I'm not they saying hold on to those quick starts is what we're yeah, trying to exactly. say. But I'm saying I, I I'm not giving I'm not I'm not saying the season is going to to end up bad. I'm just I, because I want to give Fangio, as you said, the time that it's going to take to potentially get this turned around. But I think a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick could help with that. That's yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, I would really like for the Broncos to be able to to hold on to Chris Harris Jr. for as long as possible. But you know the 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 business side of it. You know you, you really do have to to be aware of what players are going to do, and he probably will want to go somewhere after this year to to a place where he can be on a contender. And I don't see the Broncos as being a contender uh, in in 2019 or 2020 for that matter. Um, but the the culture change is good. We should probably we should probably try and and, and steer it back towards uh, the actual game against uh, the Chicago Bears. I don't know that we need to get into it play by play, but there was. There were some some pretty 
bad things. You brought up Isaac Yadam. He just was missing tackles left and right. Uh, and it was it was a struggle to just watch him play, right? He just doesn't, doesn't seem to know how to tackle. You uh, brought up a really interesting point about Von Miller, and it's a point that I saw on Twitter, uh, tweeted at me and tweeted at several other people. And, and so I think it's out there with the fans. Uh, and it's it's about uh, just his, his gameplay, I suppose. And I wanted to give you a chance to talk about that uh, and kind of go into that a little bit. And then I'm going to, I'm going to fight you on it. So if not, if the listeners haven't read the winners and losers, I listed Von Miller as a loser. And the reason is I did is because I think when you're a player like Von Miller, you're not above criticism. And the reason that I put him in the winners and losers is because for the second game in a row, he had no quarterback hits. I'm not even talking about sacks. I'm talking about quarterback hits. So he, I mean, his job is not to play the run. That's not what Von Miller's job is to do. His job is to get after the quarterback and create havoc with a pass rush. That's what he does. That's what Lawrence Taylor did. That's what Derek Thomas did. That's what Von Miller should do, and he should do it in one or two games to start the season. And I think when you when you don't even have a quarterback hit, and he finished with two tackles on Sunday, and as I told you before we started recording, that's one more than Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders is really good. He is, and that catch <laughs> proved it. Yeah. He, he, the way he was able to 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 get his hands on it and hold it as he fell to the ground. Yeah, I mean, he held on until his knee hit the ground. That was good. It, it was it was a brilliant catch. But yeah. I I just the, my my main reason for for putting Miller on the winners and losers is because as a loser is because he can't be above criticism because in a, when the defense is in need of a play to be made, that's where players like Von Miller step up and make it. And that's where he's done it in the past. And I totally get that he's been double teamed. I totally get that the defense uh, has, that's been the targeting point from the opposing offenses when it comes to this defense. But at the same point, Step up and make a play. When you're one of the highest paid in the National Football League and you have no quarterback hits the first two games of the season, you have to be on the losers list in my mind. You know, I, it's an, it's interesting. You you just said something that uh, I think in football it is the hardest sport to do exactly what you just said. Step up and make a play. Because there are so many variables, and and I, I'm 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 saying this as a as a huge baseball fan and someone who played baseball my whole life, and I know that baseball is a, a, a individual sport played by teams kind of thing. And Von Miller, I, I I think you're right. Von Miller should not be above criticism. I'm, I'm not gonna disagree with that point. I think it's a really good point to make, but I think it's important to remember. Von Miller is the the leader of this defense, but at the same time, he's eliminating one side of of the defensive line or of of the defense from offenses they the the bears essentially geared their offense away from von miller as much as possible they chipped they double teamed and they made sure that he couldn't have an impact on the game like he like he is capable of having if you don't uh run away from him like they did and when i say that i mean they ran away from him they everything was shifted to the other side of the field because they know that he can be a game wrecker. And 
I understand what you're saying. You want your best player on defense, the guy who's the leader of that defense, the one who is the, the most athletic, the strongest, the fastest, the, the one who you rely on to blow through double teams and sack the quarterback on every play. But we have to remember this is the National Football League, and these are grown men playing against grown men. And two grown men are usually going to beat one grown man. That's just the way that it is. And when an, when an offense just avoids an entire side of the field because they don't want to have to deal with that that one player, he's doing his job. He's he's doing what he's supposed to do. And if you look at the – and I, I know scoreboard looking is, a, is one of those things that will get you in trouble at times. But the Denver Broncos defense only gave up 16 points. That's it, 16 if you told me that the Denver Broncos were only going to give up 16 points and they were going to lose the game, I would have laughed at you. I would have said, there's no way. And then I, I probably would have actually backed off and been like, well, actually, I don't know. They didn't look that great against the Raiders. But <laughs> but Von Miller is the type of guy who eliminates an entire section of the football field for an offense. And that's something that allows for a defense to play as well as they did play right up until the very end of the game when they sort of, you know, all over themselves, but they gave up 16 points. Von Miller didn't have a quarterback hit, but how often did Von Miller get a chance to get a quarterback hit where they ran the play in his direction? And Von Miller had two tackles. Okay, but again, how often was were the plays in his direction? And the other thing I think is important to remember, this is a new scheme under a new head coach. And I think, and this is just my own opinion on this, I think that they play a lot of zone, and I would, I would like to know, and I bet I could ask Jeff, I could probably shoot a message to him now, how many times did Von Miller drop back into coverage rather than rush the passer? That would be that would be an interesting thing to look at. How often is Von Miller dropping back in coverage instead of rushing, rushing the passer? Because I, if, he, if he's doing it once a game, it's one too many, in my opinion. But I know he did it a couple of times at least. So scheme... Way the offenses are playing, I, I think it's limiting Von Miller's ability to really impact the game. And unless you think of it as they won't go over there, that's a place they won't go. And so everybody else should know. Well, if they're not going to go over there, then you're probably going to have some success at focusing your defense on stopping them from going the other direction. And he's he can't be the only one out there. And that's one of the things I think happens as well. They were getting no push on the defensive line up the middle. And so Vaughn's out there on an island. Bradley Chubb had a pretty good game. I, the roughing the passer call on him was ridiculous. I, I just don't think that in this particular instance you can throw too much blame in, in, in Vaughn's direction because the, the Bears' offense just never went near him. And I think when you're paid like Vaughn Miller is paid – Step up and make a play. Yeah, I, I don't, Mitch I don't Trubisky, buy that. How long did Mitch Trubisky hold the ball on that final throw over the middle of the field? Yeah, but that's a that's a that's a scheme that's schematic. That's, that has nothing to do with anything. That's schematic. When you're rushing three guys and you're you've got five offensive linemen, that's that's scheme. And and to to just keep saying, well, you're being paid this much money, so step up and make a play. While I understand the sentiment, I think it ignores the reality of the fact that this is. This is a, a game of professionals. They're all being paid a lot of money to do their job. Every single one of those guys out there makes more money than I'll make in my entire career. So, you know, this idea that they make a lot of money and so they have to do their job. Well, I don't make a lot of money, but I still have to do my job. It's it, The money to me isn't the issue. 
And the the idea that well, you make a lot of money, so you should you should do your job better. Yeah, but he does make a lot of money, and he and that's why he gets the double teams and the chips, and the offense runs away from him rather than running towards him because they know he's the dangerous guy on the field. So step up and make a play. It's it's a nice sentiment, and he makes a lot of money, and so it's okay. But I, I just think that you're you're expecting superhuman feats from a human being who's up against a bunch of human beings, and they're they're all kind of superhuman. Have you ever stood next to a, a football? You have. I mean, you know, they're huge. They're massive people. Like I, I, I don't even get into that. But just, I think I think that in my opinion, at least after this game, I don't put a lot of blame on on Von Miller's shoulders. Now, I will say this: if it continues, because we talked about this as well, Von Miller is going to take up the double teams, and Bradley Chubb is going to eat. So eventually. Football teams are going to stop wanting to allow Bradley Chubb to continue to eat and get full, and they'll start to shift away from Von Miller. When that happens, if he if he then does not turn into Von Miller, then we need to talk about some things. That's when the problem really starts. But Bradley Chubb isn't eating. Bradley Chubb isn't doing anything either. I think he had a pretty two I think games he, in a row. They have a pretty good had game. A sack. He had a quarterback. He had a quarterback hit. Bradley Chubb yeah. did play. He he did. He was all over. I mean, Chubb I was agree. all over the field. He was on his but side when, of the field. When you have two pass rushers like that, and you have a defense like the Broncos have, you cannot go two games where you're not getting a sack or a turnover. Well, actually, you can. They just proved that you can. They they proved they proved you wrong. I th- I think if we keep holding on to this idea that the the defense is infallible then we're going to we're going to you know we're just going to keep going backwards you know what i'm saying so we we almost have to be willing to let go of this idea that uh, this is a great defense i don't know that it is although again 16 points 16 points and i know some people think that the bears offense isn't great okay maybe they're not but it's the national football league and you only gave up 16 points as a defense to me that that's a that's a score that should hold. You should win if you only give up 16 points. And I can and I and I get the whole scoreboard argument, but that completely takes away from the fact that your offense just gave you a touchdown and a two point conversion. It's on you to win the game. Right, win the game. But who's, somebody step up and make to, a play. Wait a minute. But who's to blame on that on that last drive? And if you you want to get into that the last defense. drive. The, the whole the whole defense. defense. So this isn't on Von Miller. This is but on the leader this of the is defense. All, is this not? is on all eleven people. And and he's really, the of the so let's so let's let's see what are the things that happened on that drive. One, Bradley Chubb has a clean hit on the quarterback that gets called a roughing the passer that that really does allow the Bears to continue a drive that they never should have been allowed to continue. Then you have a defense that somehow in the secondary. This isn't on Von Miller. This is on the secondary allows a guy to get open. X amount of yards downfield beyond the line. I told you before we started recording, I saw the line. Fox showed me what the line was. Don't let them pass this line. That's the field goal line. If they get to there, they'll kick the field goal and win the game. And what did they do? They allowed Allen Robinson free in the open, open in the middle of the field. And then he goes down, and you said this to me, and I didn't even think of it until you said it. Chris Harris Jr. goes over and with one second left on the clock, touches him. So that he's down, so that then the ref blows the whistle. So now the Bears have a chance to call a timeout, rather than just don't touch him. Let the you know let the whistle bl- don't let the whistle blow. Just let just let it all run out. 
And then the referees, for some reason, with that split second of time left in the game, allow an extra second on the clock so that the Bears can kick their their field goal. So if you want to boil down that last sequence, I, I can't find a place where I'm going to blame Von Miller other than... Gosh, it would have been nice if he got through that double team that he had on that when they rushed three and got into the quarterback, but he didn't. I, I get it. You're going to make excuses for a guy who's considered one of the best pass rushers in football. Sure. I'm not going to do that. Okay. I think he needs to step th- up and make I a play I'm, like he's done and what he's I'm known being, to be for. Sure, what but he's I think to do. I'm being realistic about it and recognizing that there's 11 players on the field and that for most of the game, while maybe he wasn't getting to the quarterback, he was eliminating a side of the field. You want to take take that idea and say, no, it's just his fault, instead of being realistic about it and recognizing that at the end of the game, he he's really not in any control there. That's, that's all on the secondary, allowing Allen Robinson to come free in the middle of the field beyond that green line that Fox put on the ground. I could, could they not see it? Did they not know? Did Vic Fangio not have it on his little piece of paper? I mean... I'm sorry. Am I? Were we the only ones who were privy to that information? And so that's Von Miller's fault that Chris Harris Jr. went up and touched him while he was down on the ground instead of just letting the clock run out. I, I mean, too many variables there to throw Von Miller under the bus and not other people. And Chris Harris Jr. needs to be smart enough to realize this isn't college football. Maybe He's just get down. him out of here. No, I'm just kidding. I want. I'd like to keep Chris Harris. I want to hold on to him. You're not down until you're touched. If he's not touched, the clock runs out. He can. They can do all they want about how we can call timeout. As soon as he catches the ball and goes to the ground, no one touch him. It's not college football. The clock runs out. Yeah, that would have been that would have been the smart play, right? That would have been the smart play, and they didn't. They didn't. It wasn't smart. They weren't smart at the end. They were not smart. Hey, and the Bears found somebody who could kick a ball that didn't hit the upright. That's pretty neat for them, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, he, he, I guess he did pretty well. I'm not happy about it, but whatever. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think what, what, what I'm holding out about this game is that I still think all this stuff is fixable and no one likes the fact that the Broncos started 0-2. No one likes the fact the Broncos lost the way they did. But it's still a long season. And I think the things that the Broncos have done, they're completely fixable. And I think as they get used to this coaching staff and they get used to the system, they'll figure it out. And it sucks because, as we said at the top of the, of the podcast, we want everything to happen right now. We want the death by inches to be eliminated. We want the issues that have been rampant with this team the last three years to not be there anymore. And we want it to happen now. We don't want to wait. We want it now. And if we have to wait anymore, 
fans are going to lose their minds. And it's not going to get any easier going into Lambeau next Sunday against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But I think we're seeing the start of something here. I really do. I think we're seeing the foundation of what this team can be. It's just a matter of putting it all together now. And as I said at the top of the podcast, finish. I think you're also saying don't hold out hope for a victory against Green Bay. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.